tens of millions of families with Alzheimer's disease and dementia all over the world, including our family. We are Alls in the Fam. I'm Alan Fair. And I'm Polly Fair Noise. We're siblings, we are parents, but we're also caregivers. This is our podcast. This is our support group. Welcome to our family. Alzheimer's sucks, but this family lives, laughs, and learns as we fight for a cure. Welcome. Hello, sisters. Welcome to Alls in the Fam. Hi, Alan. Hi, Alan. Hi, Polly. So... Um, just to acknowledge right at the top, our sister Bonnie unexpectedly had to, was all set up in the studio to record and, and had to run to a work appointment. So we'll miss Bonnie and um, we'll see her on the, the next episode. Um, we're going to talk about uh, technology today and how that, uh, how we utilize that in our mom's journey with Alzheimer's. But first, I wanted to tell my sisters and everyone a story about something that happened yesterday that kind of warms my heart a little bit. Um, so uh, like many, many families uh, during COVID, we adopted a puppy a few weeks ago. So did Tracy, actually. Um, so uh, two of us have new puppies in the family. Um, anyway, uh, our daughter, Ava, received a package yesterday um, and uh, accidentally left the door open. And so our new puppy, Tie-Dye, got out of the house and uh, was probably out for a good hour before she even realized that we're, that we're gone. So I know we're, we're terrible parents, but at any rate, not only that, we live in, we live in Brooklyn. Um, so when we realized that she was gone, we ran out um and uh luckily it turns out she had been um scratching at uh our neighbor's door who who we didn't know um about three doors down from us and uh this woman herself had two pugs and you know has like a gate in a little i don't know call it a yard or a stoop you know it's brooklyn mind you and so our dog tie-dye was there safely with her two pugs and uh she kept tie-dye safe, and uh, that woman's name uh, is Carmen, Aww. which is which is our mom's name. So I'm not a, a deeply superstitious person, but but I sure do like the idea that when my dog was missing and could have been lost or hurt or kidnapped, that uh, someone named Carmen was uh, keeping her safe. Aww, that's, that's my awesome. story. Yeah. And your dog is a very kidnappable dog. If I saw it <laughs> roaming around, I would immediately bring it inside and never tell anyone I found it. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to include a, a link to a picture of tie-dye. On, Definitely. On, yeah. On, on yeah. this episode. Yeah. She's a very unique looking dog. So uh, anyway, Polly, you want to tee us off? Let's talk awesome. about technology. Yeah. So welcome to the technology episode. Um, when mom first started getting sick, we found that we needed some resources and being the generation we are, we did look to technology somewhat. And so the very first thing I did when mom was getting sick is what, one of the things is I went and looked around at potential assisted living facilities. I went to one close to my house and they had this magical item. I couldn't believe it was perfect. And it was just a clock and um, it's called a day clocks. Um, and that clock was probably 12 inches wide by eight inches long, a flat rectangle. And it told you the day, the date, the day of the week and the time. 
And for mom, that that was a huge lifesaver. I immediately like searched everywhere on Amazon <laughs> and found the same exact clock and gave it to her. And it oriented her to the day, the date and the time. And she could have that with her calendar next to it where she wrote, you know, where she was supposed to be on Wednesday, the 12th, for instance. So yeah. that was our first, that was my first eye-opening thing. And now Bonnie's not here to tell us about it, but she has told me often that she she helps seniors sell their homes or move to more appropriate housing maybe for their current abilities. And um, one of the things she recommends to people is this clock all the time. And, um, and people love it. They find the same thing we do universally that it's so helpful for someone with Alzheimer's. Um, so that's the first thing. Um, a second thing that I think you guys can weigh in on more is um, mom had a flip phone early on when she first started showing signs of Alzheimer's and she used that phone to call me when she got lost. And that was helpful, but this was back in the day when phones didn't have GPS on them. And so I had to pull up something on my computer and I was like, do you see any signs? Do you know, you know, and there was some church and luckily I was able to find it. So we got her a present one year and the kids really helped. Do you remember, Tracy, that when we gave mom that present? No, it was a I new don't. Phone. It was a new phone. <laughs> it was a new iPhone. Oh, oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, I, yeah, I do I remember, remember yeah. that. Yeah. So and it was that an was Apple a really iPhone. Yeah. I remember. And, yeah. I remember the kids thought it was just great that grandma had an iPhone and, you know, she had the flip phone little bit longer than most people held on to theirs. Yeah. So we, uh, she actually took someone else's old iPhone and um, mom was reluctant. She didn't want to text. She didn't want to email. She didn't want to use technology, really a low, um, she, she did not embrace technology. Let's say that. Um, yeah. Surprisingly, because I have friends whose moms were emailing and texting all the time with their kids. So but I do think it's pretty common for people of that generation not to want to embrace technology unless they started at a much younger age and or had a job where they were already using it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I think I, that I, I kind of wonder about that because at the same time, mom worked for a defense contractor and probably mostly did administrative work. But I remember her having to learn and talking about Lotus 1, 2, 3 and these, um, these computer programs that were probably more complex back then to even do simple word processing than they are now. And so she learned how to do that. And I think she learned how to do that pretty well. Um, but what I remember is at probably this maybe was somewhere between 2002 and 2006 or so, we got her a gateway desktop computer for, for her house. She had been living alone probably for um, a solid 10 years at this point. And I remember being really excited at her house one time, and I would just wanted to teach her how to surf the internet. So we pulled up Netscape Navigator. <laughs> Um, you know, dialed into the internet via phone and I showed her Yahoo. I, I, it was long enough ago where Google was either wasn't a big player or didn't exist yet. And 
she wanted to learn more about multiple sclerosis, MS. She had a friend with, with MS. And so I showed her how to put it in and it brought up this long list of different links and articles and she was exhausted and over it, didn't want to click on anything. Didn't, um, I, I knew coming out of it that she wouldn't even remember how to get into Netscape Navigator. And I thought, oh my gosh, after we do a little MS research, we'll, uh, we'll send an email to, to the grandkids. And it was, it was a 10 minute lesson that was just so clear, wasn't happening again. So I wonder if even then, um, her brain was starting to her ability to take on and, and learn new things even before we were really noticing the um, dementia symptoms that it was starting to take place even back then. I do think that's true, Alan. I also recall reading an article, and I'm sure I'll never find it again, about how about people over the age of 65 adopting technology, and that quite a few do, but it was less, um, much less so for Hispanics. And our mom, being from Puerto Rico or Latin Americans, just did not, um, she did not embrace technology particularly. And she used to say she wanted to talk to us on the phone. She didn't want to communicate through anything other than the phone. She wanted to hear our voices. So we did, but we did get her the updated iPhone much later. And the kids spent a lot of time sending her pictures, teaching her how to use it to get her oriented to it and to really enjoy it. And she, she did eventually become a person who carried that little iPhone, I don't know if it was the original one, but it might've been a three, an iPhone three or something like that. She carried it around everywhere in a little pouch. And that turned out to be a great thing in the future because we could add more technology to it. One of the things we added was years later, an Apple watch. Um, and it was the first generation watch. It had, you know, we had seen it and the thing the Apple Watch had was you could set it to have a giant display. She was having cataracts. You couldn't read it. And so you could make that display. It was a men's watch too, so larger. You could make that display, say, the time really large. And also you could set it up eventually later with a, if she had her phone with her, which she'd gotten in a real habit of carrying everywhere, you could tell where she was. And that came, became very important when she was walking a lot all the time, sort of wandering in her own neighborhood. Just so, using the Find My iPhone app, right? Yeah. It's more precise with the watch. I don't know why, but it was really, that was helpful. We also set up security cameras for mom in her house. Uh, she already had motion detector lights, which the light bulbs had burned out. So we fixed those, made sure those were working. We wanted that when she was alone, still able to stay at her house. And we, we did put in security cameras, one that just looked out at the front yard, one that looked out at the backyard, and also one that was inside the house that could see coming and going. At one point, we were very concerned about a man who was visiting her, and we talk about that in a previous episode. But those security cameras would record anything that happened for 24 hours, no fee. And those were um, Logi Circle security cameras. We got them on Amazon, easy to set up. We had to add internet to her house. She'd never had internet. She had dial up for that old gateway computer. But And those were invaluable because she would call me and say, I've lost my purse. I think somebody came in and stole it. And I would go to the camera and look at the, the rewind, look at the feed and see that she had just hidden it under the kitchen table, for instance. 
Um, or we would worry we'd be calling her and couldn't reach her. And we could look at the camera that faced out the front door and see, had she left the house and not come back? So that was really valuable. We also caught some really sad moments on the camera and that was troubling. But yeah, I remember you calling me and telling me about it and then sending me one of the videos and it truly was heartbreaking. Yeah. Well, I'd let's um, let's live through it for the the benefit of the audience a little bit. I mean, I, I recall you telling me a story where she would go and look at herself in the mirror, and you know, we, we all have private moments. So, of course, our intention wasn't to just spy on our mom, but um, I think when those moments when our mother was alone with just looking at her reflection in the mirror, uh, there was a lot of uh, great pain that was being communicated to herself is that yeah she was kind of saying why why is this happening it was very um uh, as mm. heartbreaking i don't know that i can <laughs> and it really it made it difficult for us to watch the videos and so i didn't really look at them except for a purpose to find out had someone come in her house was her purse actually missing but it also let us know that our mom was somewhat aware that something was happening to her. Um, or, I, and we let us know, we couldn't always just imagine her sitting alone being happy in her own house. We knew it wasn't necessarily that, even though if she described it, she would say, oh, I just want to go home. That's where I'm happy. Right. We've talked about it before in other episodes that when her symptoms really started to accelerate. She could articulate, it's, it's like it's like a bomb went off in my brain and, you know, and then noises in the house, she could really articulate that would scare her. You know, oh, I've lived in this house for 40 years and, but the furnace last night, like it was like someone was in the house and she could, she could, she was very articulate about her kind of losing her marbles a little bit, um, a lot actually. Oh, she used to say, I lost part of my brain. So it was a heartbreaking time altogether. But I think the having those security cameras helped us, us also come to terms with what our mother was going through in a way that she couldn't articulate to us. Yeah. Right. Um, and it helped you realize, I think that, I mean, not you, Polly, all of us collectively, that she needed to be somewhere else other than home as much as she hated that idea. Yeah. Well, yeah, it really helped us. I agree. Going back early on, another um, technology that we tried was a uh, medical pill sorter. So mom was early on when she first went to the doctor and was diagnosed with Alzheimer's dementia um, she was low on B12, so she needed to take a B12 supplement every day, and she was prescribed Aricept. Um, and she also was having a lot of allergies and itching all the time, and she was taking Zyrtec for that. So those three meds every day, um, two of them over-the-counter, one prescription, and this just a monumental task for someone like mom. We didn't know. She didn't really want to take it, but she would. So we got a little pill minder that would sort of spin around and dispense, you know, just one uh, dose of pills per day. Um, that did not work as well as we thought. <laughs> Mom was reluctant to take it and there wasn't anyone there to remind her to take it. So we eventually went 
for us, for our needs with the lower tech option of just a little case that said Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and with the new clock, she could tell what day it was and could look at the pill thing and we could call her and remind her to take it on her cell phone. So those were some things that really helped. Um, and it was, you know, there was the technology um, is most likely better now, but at the time that was the best they had. Another thing we did was mom would come to our houses, be bored, and the rest of us being real technology uh, adopters had iPads or iPhones, and we would look at them for getting emails, for work, for play, for whatever. And so um, Bonnie had the idea to get her an iPad one year for Christmas, and we put a few things on there that really worked out. So we signed our mom up for Instagram. Do you remember that, Therese? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was great. I do too. And had her follow all the kids who our kids, uh, Tracy and mine's kids were at the age where they were posting stuff all the time. And so tried to show her how to use that. And this is after the iPhone a few years later. So she was not able to learn and recall as much. She could, eventually we found that she was bored with that. But the one thing that really worked was there was a puzzle app on the iPad and mom really liked, she would read on an iPad, but only if she was at Bonnie's house and she would play, she would do puzzles on the iPad. And those were great because you could, the, the, the app we used, and I will put a link to it um, in our show notes, was an app that would allow you to adjust the number of pieces in the puzzle. You could pick the picture. Mom always liked tropical scenes, sunshine, beach, palm trees. So you could pick the picture and then you could say how many pieces the puzzle was going to be and you could brighten it. She was having trouble with her cataracts seeing very well. So that was a low tech option. Puzzles brought high tech and it was just, it was great. It kept her busy for a little while. Yeah. Because she would be spending a couple of days or a whole weekend at Bonnie's house and, you know, they would need to be doing other things and, um, needing to keep her occupied because she would open the door and wander outside sometimes. So that would keep her kind of occupied so they could take care of other things for a bit, which was really helpful. This was a, you know, I'll say that it's a more calming thing than um, watching TV. Mom loves the news. I think a lot of her generation loves to watch the evening news. It's part of her routine, but the news can be troubling right? Yeah. I mean, there can be stories of hurricanes and moms. <laughs> yes, the, the news of, can really? be troubling. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I, I want to point out this has been a few years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's, you know, there's stories of wars and hurricanes and mom is very focused on weather. Um, so if we turned off the TV and everyone just looked at their own personal iPad or something like that, mom would be busy. And so she would also be with us right next to us doing her own thing. So again, I, I, yeah. other people's families probably have different games that work for their person, but a puzzle was something mom could understand. Yeah, just as a little aside to that, Polly, she's obviously getting news or, you know, talking with enough people in assisted living currently that she used the word coronavirus with me in conversation when I saw her a couple of days ago. And she had said virus before and a couple of little things like that. But um, this was the first time that she actually just 
fluently said, oh, because of the coronavirus. And I was like, okay, wow, she's really getting some new information in there and retaining it. Right. Which is, you know, so impressive. It's such a little thing. But to me, that's so impressive because she so rarely seems to retain new information. I I think that's great news too. And the flip side, you hope that the conversations that she's able to have with other people in her facility go beyond just coronavirus. But you can imagine the the people in her facility who work there, that's probably, you know, the, the reason for why anything is, is probably because of the coronavirus these days. Um, but that is great to know. I, I didn't know that I'm learning that for the first time. And, and yeah, the insight there is okay. Mom can still learn something in the short term and, and retain it. That's yeah. great. I, I will, um, I'll just say this. We visited on Wednesday and Wednesday is test day at the, um, at our mom's memory care facility. And so she had a coronavirus test on Wednesday up her nose. I've had one. I don't know if you, you guys have had them. Yeah. They're not terrible, but they're not pleasant. And she's having one once a week for now, 12, 15 weeks. Yeah. Um, so I imagine you might remember that <laughs> if there's True. anything. I hope she's remembering it for good reasons. She but. doesn't fight the mask and the shield, I guess, yeah. for lack of a better word, that she has to wear when we see her as much as I would have. I mean, I really thought she would fight that a lot. And it irritates her. But if you say, well, you know, you have to do it for the virus, she seems to understand that and she will pull it back up or she'll put the shield back on. Yeah. So. The, um, the staff at, at her memory care facility told us that at first they were all wearing, the staff was wearing masks. Um, and, and she kept asking them, why? Why are you wearing that? And she said, they told her because of the coronavirus. And she said, well, I should have one. I, and so they gave her one and she would wear it. She often wore it as a chin strap, but she's now, <laughs> she has been very used to it for longer probably than we have. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so some other little, maybe lower tech, but tech tips we did. Um, so obviously at her facility, we're doing FaceTime calls. FaceTime is- yeah has been brilliant for that. And mom is, has become very accustomed to seeing us on a little screen. I'm surprised by that, but I think it must be such a delight for her to see her children when we couldn't, can't visit that it really, um, it works well. Yeah. When we are with her and we try to call one of her grandchildren, our children, she gets very excited when we were with her together on Thursday, Polly. I, was trying to connect with one of them and she was already saying, hi, Chloe. Hi. You know, yeah. and unfortunately Chloe wasn't available at the time, but she really does understand that and appreciate it. Yeah. And we call Alan and, and she's seen Alan's kids. I mean, it's been fabulous. Um, and I, you know, I wonder next step if, if we ought to try and find, well, I wish the facility would get for her to see like an iPad because the picture's bigger right? Mm -hmm. And you can do FaceTime on an iPad too. So one of the things that happened, this is kind of low tech, but when mom first moved in, she liked her evening news into the memory care facility and she'd always had Comcast. (laughs) And so we put a TV in her room with Comcast so she could watch the news as she was falling asleep. And um, 
immediately, almost within a couple months, the remote for it was lost. The whole building was wired with Comcast and who knows who had her remote. And so I called the cable company and they wanted a lot of money for a new remote. And so I went on Amazon, you could get a new remote for well, a bargain price, let's say, comparatively. A com- you just search Comcast remote and brought that to back to her. So I actually bought a couple, wrote her name all over it, and now she knows how to use it. She's been had the same remote for on her TVs for years. So just an idea if you have a an elderly person in your life, getting them the older remote that they're used to is possible and it'll work. So that was always a huge thing at her when she was living alone, that she would lose the remote or unplug the TV and it wouldn't work or have a you couldn't change anything. So Yeah. But that low tech idea of labeling things. Yeah. That's huge too. I mean, you really have to label just about anything. Yeah. Down to underwear when your loved one is in an assisted living facility to make sure they get things back. Right. You know, I wonder if um, there's now like RFID tags and Mm -hmm. I, you know, I had a tile on my keys. So if I lost them, I could find them. I have one in my suitcase. And when those things become, and I'm sure they will, easier to use and more like a sticker that you could stick on anything. I think that would be invaluable. It would have been for us. Um, but, you know, mom has progressed to the point now she has fewer things, but, right. you know, I'd like to know, for instance, we've, we've had to buy a bunch of uh, down comforters for our mom because she likes to open the window at night and it's cold. And so she has a nice warm comforter and they tend to disappear at her memory care facilities. So I'm I'm looking to the future for some sort of tag or thing we can put on it to figure out what happened to her sheets and comforter. As an aside, um, <laughs> of all the what crazy a thrilling things. conclusion that story is going to have yes. is the mystery of the disappearing comforters. Love to <laughs> and know. Do you really want it back after yeah. someone has taken in, it? In, in part it two of this episode, you'll learn the thrilling conclusion of what happens to our mother's <laughs> blankets. Oh, I know. I found out. Yeah, I, I, I have a few theories. <laughs> Um, okay, so another low-tech thing was when, when mom was first getting sick and earlier, she, um, we, you know, had a will, we had an advanced care directive, we had, our father died um, a little over a year ago. He had a will, he had directives, and so everyone wants copies of everything. Every, when you talk pension plans, retirement plans, the assisted living facilities, and so we digitized all those files. We do need originals from time to time, but um, I'll just say digitizing your files as much as you can can really help um, because some, there's always a new person who wants a copy of that, of your documents. Yeah, um, I couldn't agree. Well, it's, it's in addition to having all those original files in, you know, a safe place, you know, you might keep your, your birth certificates and your kids' birth certificates in it too, along, you know, I'm sure your husband, Paul, has his mom's um, medical power of attorney and other things somewhere. It's in addition to those physical documents, making a PDF copy of it, because you're just going to have to fire it off to all these different places Okay. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. You know, does that just mean turning it into a PDF document that you can easily attach to an email? Well, if you don't have 
if you didn't create the document, let's say, so for mom's advanced care directive, it was a paper form we took, we filled out what I could, we went to her primary care physician, we sat down with mom and talked about what were her wishes, and the doctor has to sign it. Um, so that is a physical form with a physical signature. So I digitized it by using the Scanner Pro app, which I got on my phone, and you just, it's basically the same as taking a picture. But, you know, a revelation to me, because I used to have to take things to, you know, one of those special printers that also is a scanner and fax machine. Um, but now I can just do it with my phone. So just a, a plug for the ease of doing that. And it's, it's saved me so many times having those documents available quickly and not having to run home and get them. Um, I also use the patient portal, a lot of doctor's offices now. I think that might have been part of some of the reforms to medical care, but a lot of medical records are digitized and able to be passed between doctors. But I'm able to communicate with mom's doctors via the patient portal or online, and that is a huge, huge benefit, really just another tech thing. So here's a, a lower tech item. Um, I think we've talked in the past about our mom ended up having a lot of urinary tract infections as she progressed in the disease. And we were going to um, urgent care centers or to her primary care center often, maybe every five, six weeks, trying to figure out what was going on. And a friend of mine told me, oh yeah, my grandmother had that. And, um, you know, we got our own urinalysis strips at the store. I'm like, oh, where do you get those? <laughs> they have them at CVS. And if it's Memorial Day weekend, like it always was when mom had something, it was always a holiday weekend. Um, right. And you can't get to the doctor. Those are great. And uh, we'll put a link to those on our um, show notes. So we also using technology. Um, do you guys remember when mom was still at the um, daycare program she did at Insight Memory Care? They did a really smart thing that I didn't, I never personally used, but they would, if it was say we're coming up on Columbus Day or Indigenous Peoples Day here, and um, they would have a program around, well, what is Columbus Day about? Or if it was election day, they would have a program about what, how did election day start? How does it work? How do we vote? And they just used YouTube videos and, you know, put them up on a screen and they would show about the history of, or Memorial Day, let's say, and then they would talk about it. And it was fabulous. Just yeah, that's great. YouTube in that way, I thought was brilliant. Right. I'm hoping that as we get older, because we have used this technology for so long, should we inherit this terrible disease that perhaps because we've used it, we will know how to at least click on an app and have some muscle memory. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. I think part of, for me, staying current with newer technology is I, I don't want to fall behind. I mean, I recently went through our old, um, a cabinet that we had old VHS tapes of the kids when they were young. And I thought, wait, I need to upgrade this technology. I need to know how to make that digital. And I've got DVDs and CDs. From my point of view, DVDs seem very inconvenient at this point. Right. Um, when I could just download a film. So another uh, 
another tech thing that we used was a programmable thermostat when mom was still living by herself. I'm just recalling this. You guys probably remember mom used to like to just turn off her furnace. Do you remember that? Yes. And her air conditioning, which for some reason was even more maddening to me because I felt like she was turning it off because she didn't want to spend the money. I guess, I guess it was a similar situation with the heat. Um, and we would say, no, you can afford it. Just leave it on. But I think she liked the heat. Yeah. Now that I look back on it, growing up in Puerto Rico, I think she did like the heat and humidity. But yeah. Yeah. But was... Washington, D.C. area summers when it's 100 degrees and humid. I mean, we found, I found in the parts of the house, there was almost mold growing on the walls from just her turning everything off. Yeah. So we got a programmable thermostat and um, set that up so it would come on <laughs> and and go off. And, um, and that was great until she started pressing buttons because she wanted it to turn off and, and ended up um, turning the heat on in the summer or the air conditioning in the winter. So um, the lower tech looking thermostat might have been better with just a dial on it. And then a, a great story is, you know, we had a security system installed in her house. She had it installed years ago, but we updated it and made sure it worked. She was spending increasingly less time at her own house. But one day the thermostat wasn't working. I was on the phone with her trying, well, it was working, but she had turned it off and she was trying to get it to work. And I was like, just press the button on the left and then the one on the right. And um, She's like, okay. And the next thing I heard was the security alarm going off because she was not at the thermostat. She was at the security system <laughs> keypad typing oh, no. that in. Uh, oh, and then, no. you know, it's just a nightmare. But so it was great to have in theory and it worked in some ways and others. It didn't. Um, well, to back the, to the thermostat, I remember eventually you put a note on it that just said, do not touch this. Do not change anything. It's programmed. So you would see her approach it. I was at her house one time. She wanted to change something and she saw the note and it registered and she didn't do anything. So it was yeah. kind of the low tech combined with the high tech sticky That's an notes. excellent point. Notes. Yeah. <laughs> Just like what uh, she used to do with me with the, uh, the wine uh, when I was a teenager, she'd put a note saying not to drink it, but that proved to be less effective <laughs> than my teenage self. It actually wasn't her wine. I think it was some of your husband's wine, Bonnie's husband's wine. Mm, that's some good wine for a teenager. Yeah, <laughs> yep. true. So I think here I want to talk about some technology fails and the unique way that Alzheimer's makes it difficult for technology that helps us so much in our lives to help our loved ones with dementia. Um, one thing is, you know, she had an Apple Watch, she had an iPhone, but she wouldn't charge them. She did, she was pretty good about charging that iPhone for years, but once she moved into the assisted living facility, she would lose the charger, she would lose the phone, she wouldn't, didn't plug it in. She, this happened at home too, so no help anymore. Um, the watch, she couldn't charge it. Um, wouldn't always remember to charge it. It was a different looking charger. She couldn't do that. And she would also, the Apple Watch has a great feature, I think, a button on the side that you can press and hold and it will, it'll call 911. It'll connect to your phone and call 911. 
So I, I heard a story of someone who drove off the road, car flipped upside down. They're in a creek. It's dark. There's no one around. Their phone had flown somewhere and they pressed and held that button. The phone automatically called 911 and sends the emergency responders your exact location. So very cool. Wow. Except my mom would play with that during her insight memory care um, programs sometimes um, because the watch that used to be the Apple watch wasn't always on. You had to turn your wrist the right way to make it work. And so she was trying to make it come on. She pressed it and held it and emergency uh, responders showed up twice at insight memory care. <laughs> that was maybe, maybe she did it the second time on purpose. I, you know, that would I'm require some memory on her part. I know. <laughs> Um, I don't think like, so. this is boring. Let me spice this session up. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. exactly the it. Law I think sometimes, she sometimes she did think it was very boring and yeah. she didn't like some of the things there, but she did like it overall. Well, yeah. I think she loved it, but her attention span also got much shorter as she progressed in the disease. Um, but anyway, so, but there's another really fun part that happens with that. As the Apple Watch dies, it also after you've pressed emergency services, we'll send one last alert to every one of your emergency contacts. And we had carefully set that up with my number and Bonnie's number and Tracy, your number, everyone's number. And in the middle of the night, it sent me a thing saying that her Apple Watch was dying and there had been an emergency call and um, the battery was dying and uh, alert authorities. And I, it was the middle of the night. It was like 2 a.m. And I was like, oh, no, what's going on? Um, anyway, it, we didn't know it did that. But it did the same thing to Bonnie. And she, mom was spending the night at Bonnie's house that night. Um, so just funny story. We figured it out in the middle of the night. Mm, yeah. um, so that's a little high-tech fail. Um, she unplugs everything. She, yeah. she did then. She still does. She unplugs the the TV and the cable box so that when she plugs it back in, it doesn't work or it takes a while to reboot. Um, I don't remember her doing that growing up. Did she always do that? And I just didn't notice. No, but I think that she retained the newer information that people get, which is if you're trying to save money or be environmentally conscious, you unplug certain things that are just sitting there using energy, even though they're not being used for a very long time. So I, I think she started doing it a little bit with certain things that she didn't use. I w- I've been reading a lot as I get older about health and wellness and mindfulness and meditation and, and spirituality and a theme that shows up in a lot of these books and articles is around electromagnetic fields and like in your bedroom, for example, that there's this book called The Urban Monk that I just, I love. I've, I've read it cover to cover two times. And uh, the author of it, I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but it's called The Urban Monk. He talks about in your bedroom, don't have anything plugged in there. Keep that just this, this dark, sacred um, space because all the stuff we have plugged in is bad for us. And I wonder if mom just with her kind of knowing that something's wrong with her brain, if she can feel like the the electromagnetic fields, for for lack of a better word, and instinctively she's more sensitive and, and attuned to it. I don't know, just a thought. Yeah, yeah, I think mom always liked 
the low tech stuff, being outside, right? Just out in the sun. That was what she wanted. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think she knew that unplugging items that weren't being used, you know, was kind of a good thing to do environmentally. Don't let things sit there, you know, like your coffee maker, you use it once a day, unplug yeah. it, but then she would forget to plug it back in when she needed to use it the next day. Um, I think she retained that kind of information at some point before her disease set in. Yeah, I think you might be right. Well, um, this has been a great episode. A lot of tips and tricks, and we'll add things to the show notes as well. One of my biggest takeaways from it is um, in the home security thing, I, I think a great piece of advice for that is that certainly helps keep a loved one safe, but use it for utility, not to gather the um, kids and say, hey, look, now we can watch grandma and make sure she's safe. You know, that there will be some unpleasant things seen. So you just want to use it when needed, when, you know, you can't locate yeah. him or her. I've read articles about new technology coming that'll be sort of ambient built into the walls that will have like fall detection. If there's no, like a motion detector, if there's no movement for a while, the walls will notify someone. Wow. The, not the walls, but so... And already the newest Apple Watch has fall detection built in. You can set it up. And if there's a hard fall, it can notify either a person you designate as emergency contact or 911. I think that's great. The watch stays on all the time. Along with other health information, heart right. rate, pulse, yes. oxygen. Well, I don't know oxygen, if it does oxygen. saturation. No, it okay, will. It the does. new one, yeah. the very newest one. So those things can be great. And again, I... I I feel like I want to be an early adopter of these things in case I get Alzheimer's. Um, yeah. I, I read a story about a young kid, maybe college age, who developed a pair of socks that had sensors in them so that they could tell when his grandmother got out of bed. She was wandering a lot. And so it had just like a pair of socks with some wires built in and it would notify someone so that mom didn't wander away while everyone was sleeping. I thought that's brilliant. Wow. Um, but of course, our mom would probably take off her clothes. But still, it's one more step. I'd like to figure out a way that we could um, help with some of mom's incontinence with technology. I mean, I think that would be How brilliant. amazing would that be? Yeah. 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 Um, and I've seen, I've been to doctor's offices where you sign in with, it's an iPad built into the wall. Maybe you've seen it or some kind of yes. screen. I think that kind of a thing could really be helpful when you move someone into a new assisted living or senior care facility, a memory care facility. If they can learn, they can just press a button and access something, whatever right. they need. So, Right. Touch this button if you need this. Touch that button if you need that. Right. Kind of um, like in a hospital room, you just have that one button that's by your bed that you push that, if you need a nurse. Yeah. Low tech. Attack. I mean, she exactly. has that button in her room at um, right. her current facility, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. I, I think with, it's it's such a troubling time in which we live, you know, we're entering the uh, the end of 2020 here and so many difficult things going on in the world, but I've always found 
that when you look in uh, breakthroughs in health and medicine and technology's role in that there's a lot of really exciting things always to be hopeful for what we're discovering about cancer cells and how to you know, neuter them so they can't multiply without having to eradicate every cell in, in our body through chemo and, and, and other things. So, um, I, you know, I think some of our episodes, our last one, we talked about grief and have had some heavy episodes. I hope that uh, this one comes across as more, uh, as more hopeful. Uh, I'm, I'm energized and excited by, by what's to come with some of these new breakthroughs that yeah. are going to be on the soon. And one yeah. that people use pretty readily now that's similar to find my iPhone that I use with my children is Life360, which could be really helpful more so even than find my iPhone because you can see where someone is and where they have been and how long it took them to get from place to place. So I think if mom, you know, even five years ago when she was still driving, if we had that, that would have been really helpful. It also notifies you if your battery is dying on your phone. So you could, you know, call them before their phone completely died to say, hey, you need to get somewhere where you can charge your phone. Yeah, that so. would have been great to have for mom. We never we never had it, but I when you were telling me about it, using it with your whole family. Um yeah would have been great. Yeah. That's a great app. Well, thanks guys. Nice chatting. Thanks a lot. All right. We're all's in the fam. Thanks for listening to all's in the fam in the fight against Alzheimer's and dementia. We are all family. Find us at all's in the fam on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and on our website, all's in the fam podcast.com. We appreciate you clicking that subscribe button on Apple, Google, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast catcher may be. Alzheimer's sucks, but we are in it together. We are Alls in the Family. Talk soon.